Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. So glad you could join us here today on this beautiful, wonderful Resurrection Sunday in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't we go right to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord God, we thank you so much for this time that we are about to spend with you, Lord. We pray, Heavenly Father God, that you, Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, would be right here in our midst, O oh Lord God, to minister to us in your own special way, O oh Lord God, for this is the day that you have made, and we shall rejoice and be oh so glad, O oh Lord. We thank you so much for all things, both great and small. We thank you so much for the cross on Calvary. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us your only begotten Son, that we may have life eternal, O oh Lord God, in the name of Jesus. So, Heavenly Father God, I pray that you prepare the hearts and the spirits and the minds of these that are listening to this podcast today, O oh Lord God, and bless them and speak to them, Lord, in your own way. We praise you, we worship you, and we adore you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God, praise God. If you're watching this on Sunday, this is Resurrection Sunday, and so we've uh, gathered here to uh, hear the word of God today and to remember the things that were done on our behalf, okay, how Jesus went to the cross for us and how he was resurrected and, and saved us from the dominion of darkness and sickness and death by the work that was indeed done on the cross. And so today we want to revisit, revisit some of the events of that time and of that particular day. Amen. Amen. And, you know, Resurrection Sunday, it's really, it's one of the most important days on the Christian calendar, if you will, because um, this is indeed the day that Jesus um, willingly gave his life for us. Okay. Man did not kill him at all. He willingly gave his life. Um, there were a host of angels at any point in time could have delivered him from the work that he had to done that we had he had to do but in obedience to his father he did exactly what God the father wanted him to do uh, for our sakes amen so we should be really really excited about it and in in re revisiting the events of today amen now I'm not going to do um, you know the the traditional you know uh, resurrection Sunday service and going through every single um, uh, account because what I really want to focus on today is the reality of the resurrection okay while the crucifixion is of course very very important each one of those steps but today i really want to focus on what jesus did and the why he did it and what it means to us today here in the 21st in the 21st century so today we're going to touch on some of the resurrection events but i really want to focus on the post resurrection events because the events that that follow they have great significance uh, for us today and a clear understanding of the events following Jesus' resurrection can really help to make you understand what Jesus did. What Jesus did was not just a myth or a fable, okay? It was not a myth or a fable. It wasn't just a story that someone, one dream, someone dreamed up, okay? And that your salvation is very, very real. Your salvation is very, very real. Amen. Amen. Make no mistake about the saint of God. Make no mistake at all. The crucifixion is real. It actually happened. The crucifixion is real. And make no mistake about it also, children of God, that um, your salvation is real also. You need to really, really get that deep within your spirit. Amen. The crucifixion and the resurrection are real events that took place. And therefore, your salvation is very, very real. Amen. And as much as we often don't like to think about it, but anyone who has not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they actually run the risk of spending eternity uh, in separation from God. You know, and sometimes we have family members, you know, who we worry about and things like that. And especially this time of year when you realize um, what salvation means to you 
And maybe you have a family member, a loved one, a family, a friend, you know, that you're thinking about and you're hoping they come to the Lord. Well, I submit to you today, the most important thing you can do is to continue praying for them. Continue praying for them. And as the Holy Spirit so leads and makes the opportunity, minister to them and share the love of Jesus and share what was done on the cross so that they too may be saved. Amen. So this is a very, very important time of year. What Jesus did on the cross made it possible to have forgiveness of our sins made it possible, you know, to know that the, the price was paid for us by Jesus Christ. The price was paid and opened the way for us to God the Father. Amen. Without the work that he was, was doing, uh, the way was closed. I mean, the only way that sins were, were forgiven and addressed was by the high priest one time a year and so forth. But now the work that was done on the cross, Jesus made the way so that we can go directly to the Father in his name, you know. And so before we get to the post-resurrection events before we get there, I do want to start with some of the significant events of the crucifixion, okay? So let's start by knowing that Jesus' final hours on the cross, okay, his final hours on the cross spanned a total of six hours, okay? And, and I'm going into this detail here because I want you really to grasp the reality of what happened on the cross, okay? And that this is not little myth or some little fable, okay? So the time that he was on the cross spanned a period of six hours, okay? And that's according to the sequence of events that are recorded in the four Gospels, okay? If you go through them you, and line them all up, take time and do, do, some, do some study, do some due diligence, you'll see that the time there was a, a total of six hours, okay? And it started with the third hour, which was 9 a.m., around 9 a.m., to the ninth hour, which was 3 p.m., Okay, and so starting with 9 a.m., the, 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 which is the third hour, Jesus is crucified. And in accordance with Mark 15, 25, you don't have to go there right now, just jot it down perhaps. Mark 15, verse 25, it was the third hour when they crucified him. Okay, Mark 15, 25 says it was the third hour that they crucified him. All right, now the third hour in Jewish time would have been 9 a.m., okay, according to the way they were keeping time, time back then, okay. And the, uh, the start of the day with the Jews back then, the start of the day, the first hour would have been 6 a.m. because that's when the day started, okay. So the third hour would have been, been 9 a.m. And, and just to pause there for a moment, now's a good time to just stop for a minute here because we're going to go through some things here that... It would be great if you could really see it in your Bible for yourself so you can, you know, stop the naysayers and things like that, you know, just cut them short. But go and grab your Bible, okay? Put this on pause, go get your Bible, and then come back and join us again and then hit, hit resume or play so you can follow along. Amen? Okay? So again, 9, 9 a.m. was the third hour, okay? And it said in Mark fifteen twenty five, it was the third hour when they crucified him, okay? Then we go to noon. Okay, noontime, which is the sixth hour, okay? And at that point, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 27. Okay, Matthew chapter 27. And we want to start with verse number 45. Okay, Matthew 27. And we're going to start with verse number 45. Praise God. Give you a moment to get there. Praise the living God. Okay, okay. 27 verse 45. Now from the sixth hour, on the line sixth, from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. Okay, so it was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there uh, when they heard that said, this man calls for Elias. 
And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave it him to drink. The rest said, Let be, let us see where Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. Okay, now we'll just stop there just for a moment. And I want to go back here to 45. So let's just revisit some of the things that were said. First of all, where it says from the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land, uh, all the land until the ninth hour. Okay, now never were there, uh, well, never was there such a darkness ever reported anywhere. Okay, never on earth since the day that created man upon the earth. Never such a, was there such a darkness and such an awful scene, all right? The darkness was real. Understand that. The darkness was real, and it was not a solar eclipse. You may have heard some people tell the story that, oh, it was just simply, it can be simply explained away. It was simply a solar eclipse, and, uh, and that, that was why, you know, why it was so dark for, for three hours, okay? Now, I point out to you, if you do your research and everything like that, you'll see that a solar eclipse uh, um, only happens when there's a new moon. Okay, so happened this, the crucifixion took place, by the way, on the 14th day of Nisan, the Jewish month of Nisan, N-I-S-A-N. And if you go back and you look at the records and read some good biblical historians and everything, you'll see also that during that period of time, there was a, um, there was no full moon. All right, and the only time a solar eclipse can occur is when there's a full moon. It so happened that on that particular day, there was actually a new moon, a new moon. All right, so there was no full moon, so the solar eclipse couldn't have happened. The other thing is that never, ever, ever is a, so does a solar eclipse uh, last more than about seven minutes. All right, and even with the solar eclipse of 2017 that we had here in the United States, the maximum duration of the actual darkness of the sun was only two minutes and 40 seconds. You can look that up. It was only two minutes and 40 seconds. All right, so a solar eclipse simply does not last 30 hours, uh, three hours. Okay, now if you've seen a solar eclipse or any other kind of, even a lunar eclipse, it usually starts gradually. You know, one side of the, the sun is, is darkened, and then there's the total eclipse, and then and it starts lightening up again. But that total eclipse that actually takes place, it says that, if you, if you look at, again, records and look at some scientific documents there, you'll see that a solar eclipse never actually lasts for the total darkness, never actually lasts more than two minutes and 40 seconds, okay? So therefore, we know it was not a solar eclipse. There was a supernatural event that was happening there. It was a supernatural event. This was God himself. God himself showing the displeasure of what was being done to his son. And also at that point in time, Jesus was taking on the sin of the world on his shoulders and so forth. And so it was reflected in the darkness uh, of, of creation, if you will. Okay. And during that time of darkness, Jesus made the following very important, bold statements. Okay. And John 19 verse 30, it says, it is finished. It is finished. And he said it with a loud, booming voice. It is finished. Now, irregardless of what he had gone through, all of those hours hanging on the cross and all of the beating that he had taken and, and so forth, getting, you know, going down to, to, to Golgotha there and, 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 and down the Via Della Rosa and so forth, all of those beatings and things that he took, he still had the strength to yell with a very, he didn't yell with a, a feeble voice. The word of God says with a loud voice, he said, it is finished. And it is finished means that the work that Jesus was sent to do was done, was done. God the Father sent him here with an awesome task, with a mind-bending task to take on the sin of mankind, of all of mankind in order to save us. And yet still, Jesus withstood all of the pain and everything. And then he said, okay, 
it is done. And remember, remember going back a little bit to when he was uh, saying the prayer in the uh, Garden of Gethsemane, when he prayed to the Father, Heavenly Father, if there's any way possible, let this cup pass from me. In other words, if there's any way, Lord God, Father God, Father, if there's any way to let what you want to accomplish be done without my having to go to the cross and withstand all that's going to come upon me, if there's any other way, let it be done. Okay, if there's any way. But then, in the next breath, he said, however, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Okay, so even Jesus Christ, at that point in time, when he was really feeling what was going to, about to come on, and he still gave in to the Father and surrendered and said, your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. Okay, now, that right there, and I don't want to get off topic too much here, but, but even there, where you see Jesus was submitting, how many times do we actually give in to the Father and say, Father, not my will, but your will be done? Right? Think about that. How many times have you wanted something to happen in your life? How many times have you wanted to achieve something so badly, you know, be it a promotion, be it a companion, you know, someone that you're, you're looking for someone to, to be with and things like that, and, and, or moving into a new house or car, whatever it might be, where, and you want it so badly. How many times have we said, however, Father, not my will, but your will be done? Amen. Okay. And then we know from there, the story, he goes on, he was arrested and, and that was paving the way to the cross. But during that time when he was there again, now going back to uh, John 19 verse 30, he said, it is finished. Okay. The other very important statement that he, um, that he called out was uh, in 27, Mark 27 verse number 50, where he says uh, again, uh, with a loud cry, uh, 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 a loud cry, he cried out and he yielded up the ghost. Okay, and he yielded up the ghost. Okay, and he had said, um, Eli, I'm sorry, let me get the exact uh, scripture here, uh, 46, verse number 46, about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Okay, now, at that point in time, he was feeling the full um, wrath of the Father in that God could no longer look at him. There was that separation between Jesus Christ and God the Father that he had never, ever known. Okay, remember John 1, 1 says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus, the Word, was always with God the, Fa God the Father, always. But at that point in time, when he was taking on the sins of mankind, on his shoulders there, God the Father could not look at him because the word of God says that God cannot look at sin. Okay, so Jesus, his, his only begotten son, was bearing the sins of all mankind. So there was a separation at that point between God the Father and God the Son. That's why he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Okay, all right. And so there you see, and this was all during that point, that point of time, during that darkness, all right. And then the ninth hour came. Ninth hour came, which would have been about 3 p.m., okay, 3 p.m. So again, now, from 9 a.m. when he was put on the cross until 3 p.m., Jesus was going through this, through this agony, okay? And then it says, at that point in time, um, that the, there was an earthquake and the temple veil was torn in two. And if we go to Matthew 27, 51, uh, 51 and 53, and you'll see there where it says, and behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain or in two from the top to the bottom and the earth did quake and the rocks rent and the rocks were torn and the graves were open and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto, unto many okay so these are events that people actually witnessed 
they witnessed this this happen. The veil was torn in two. Okay, now the veil it is talking about is is within within the temple. There were three compartments. Okay, three sections, if you will. Okay, there was the outer court, the inner court, and then there was the holy of holies. The holy of holies is where the mercy seat was and where the high priest went in once a year, uh, you, you know, to take on to atone for the sins of the community of the Jewish community. All right, and that was done once a year. The high priest was the only one that could go into the holy of holies. All right, so and it was it was, it was uh, separated from the from the inner court by this heavy curtain. Okay, this heavy curtain or veil. That curtain, which will always remain closed, even when the high priest went in there, that curtain remained closed. Okay, matter of fact, they tied a rope to the high priest's uh, ankle with a bell, so that just in case that he died or dropped dead or whatever, they could pull him out with the rope because no one was allowed to go in there. No human being was allowed to go in there beside the high priest. Okay, but now. With the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross, he became our high priest because he took on the sins of all mankind. He atoned for us. So therefore, we don't need another human being to go and make atonement for our sins. Jesus Christ took it upon himself. All right. So that veil, that, that curtain, that heavy curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the uh, inner court was ripped in half, signifying now that man, through Jesus Christ, has direct access to God the Father. Okay? We, you and I, have now, through Jesus Christ, we have direct access to God the Father. Amen. That's why scripture goes on to say, as scripture talks so much about Jesus saying, whatever you do in my name, in my name, in my name, we, our way to, to God the Father is through Jesus Christ. Amen. Without accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we can't get to the Father, so to speak, in terms of our salvation. Okay, okay, can only, we can only enter in through Jesus Christ by accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Amen. So at that point in time, we see that these are very important events of the resurrection that we need to remember. And these events are real. Okay, they are real. All right. There was a centurion that was standing by that witnessed of everything that was going on. And he said, surely he was the son of God. Okay. A centurion, of course, is one of the Roman soldiers. He saw that. He said, surely he was the son of God. And you can see that in Matthew 27, uh, verse, uh, verse 54, where it says, now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things which were done, they feared greatly saying, truly, this was the son of God. Truly, this was the Son of God. You can also find that in Mark 15, verse 38, and you can find it in Luke 23, verse uh, 47. Okay? And then we know also from the events, you can read in John 19, 31 to 33, where the soldiers broke the thieves' legs. Remember, he had thieves on either side of him. And then the soldier pierces Jesus' side. You see that in John 19, verse 34. And these are real events. Okay? Jesus is then laid in the tomb. Um, as we see, you go to Matthew, Matthew 27, verse 57, and you see, when the even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulchre and departed. And there was Mary Magdalene and the other, other uh, Mary sitting over against the sepulchre. Okay? So we see there that he was laid in the tomb. All right? And then Jesus rises from the dead. And we see that in Matthew 28, uh, verse number 1. 
Matthew 28, verse number one. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. Okay, and behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat and sat upon it. The countenance was his countenance was lightning, it was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And the angel uh, and and for fear of him, sorry, and for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here. He is not here. He is not here. Underline that. He is not here. For he is risen. Underline. For he is risen. He is not here. For he is risen. Okay? He is, is risen. As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth uh, before you into Galilee. There you shall see him. Lo, I have told you. Okay? So the angel said, he's not here. He's gone. Okay, head to Galilee and you will see him. Okay, now if Jesus had not physically um, risen from the dead, why would the angel say to go into Galilee? Because this is the place that you're going to see him. Okay, so there it is. There's another point that says that he was indeed raised from the dead. Okay, he raised from the dead. So we see there now, we see that, that it's a historical fact. And again, if you want to do some due diligence and do some research, there's historical documents to, to also to, uh, to back this up. But the main thing here that is so important are the important, the important spiritual aspects of, 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 of what is key to Jesus' uh, uh, crucifixion and resurrection. Okay? okay, Jesus did this for us. And what does this mean to us here in the 21st century? Okay. Do we believe it? You know, I had my message a couple of sermons back. It was, do you believe? Do you believe that these uh, uh, facts surrounding Jesus Christ are indeed facts and that they're not myths and fables? They're not myths and, and fables. Amen. Amen. You have to know that you know that you know that the events of the resurrection are very, very true and real. Okay, because if all of that did not take place, then everything that you and I believe in, everything where we've been following Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that means that all of that is a lie, and it's all for naught. It's all for naught. Our salvation into, into the future, into eternity and everything, all of that is for naught, because it, it, all, it would all be a lie. It would all be a lie. So we see here that the events of this, of these things, are really, really true indeed. Amen? So now, with that, I want to go to Luke, um, to Luke 24. Luke 24, and we want to start with uh, verse number 1, okay? We're talking about the resurrection. Now, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came into the sepulcher. They came into the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And as they entered it, found not the body of Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were, um, were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Okay, now this is the, the account as written by Luke. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake to you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And the third day rise. Now, these, these words are written in red because it's quoting what Jesus actually said. Okay, And they remembered his words and returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the um, eleven and to all the rest. 
It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, <clears throat> the mother of James and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales. Okay, The words seemed to them as idle tales. They didn't believe. They still did not believe. They didn't believe. And they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran into the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. He was wondering what, what, what happened, okay? You see, now, now these men were with him. They were listening to Jesus all of this time in the three and a half years of his ministries. What Jesus was saying must come to pass, okay, that he, he would be crucified, but he would rise on the third day. They were with him. They saw the miracles that he had done. They saw, they, they heard his words. They were with him every single step of the way. But yes, at this point in time, they still could not believe that Jesus was actually risen. They didn't believe it, okay? So I ask you again today, do you believe, do you believe that the reality, you believe in the reality of the resurrection? Amen? Do you believe it? Okay? And, and now he's, he's scratching his head. Then arose Peter and ran into the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by them and departed, wondering which was come to pass. Right? Do you believe it? Amen? Amen. Then it says in verse number 13, And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, uh, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. Okay? And it came to pass that while they communed together uh, and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near them. Jesus himself drew near and went with them. So they were walking along and talking about th the things that had happened with Jesus. And as Jesus himself decide, decides to join him. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. Okay? So in other words, Jesus walked up to them, but they did not recognize him. Okay? They were with Jesus all this time. As Jesus approaches you, walks up to you, comes into your life, comes into your heart. Do you know him? Do you recognize when Jesus is on the job working for you, doing things for you in your life? Do you know him? Or do you still not believe or not fully fathom or understand the events of the resurrection that, 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 that make it possible for you to be who you are in Christ Jesus? Amen? Amen? So, so they didn't recognize him, and their eyes were whole. In other words, Jesus did not let them recognize him at this particular point. Okay, uh, he said unto them, what manner of communications are these that you have to one another as you walk in, and are sad? So Jesus now is saying, they don't know who he is. He's saying, why are you so sad and what are you, what are you talking about? And the one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, art thou a stranger in Jerusalem and hast not known the things which will come to pass there in these days? So he's saying, well, no, gee whiz, guy, you know, are you a stranger around these parts? You don't know what, what's been happening, you know, around here for crying out loud. You don't know. And he said unto them, what things? Jesus is playing dumb, obviously. And he's saying, what things? And they said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed in word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. Okay? But we trusted that it had been he which uh, should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Okay? So in other words, they're saying that Jesus, well, you know, Jesus you know, was a mighty prophet. Jesus of Nazareth, who was a mighty prophet, told us all of these things that were going to be done. You know that, But yet still, he, he, he was actually crucified and... Gee whiz, it, none of it came to pass. 
you know, they were really, really disappointed, if you will, because he says, we trusted, 21, verse 21, but we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. They were looking forward to him to redeem Israel, but in their mind right now, Jesus failed because he was crucified, okay? He was crucified. Okay, and beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulchre, and when they found not his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre, and found it even so uh, the, the, the women had said, but him they saw not, okay? Him they saw not. Then he said unto them, this is Jesus speaking, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. O fools, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. So they still don't even believe what the prophets have said. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into glory? Okay. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded, or Jesus went back and revisited and told them, he expounded unto them all the, in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. As we know, Old Testament is full of prophecies about Jesus Christ, you know, coming and what would, what would happen to him even, okay? The book of Isaiah, other scriptures have prophecies about what would happen to Messiah, all right? And they drew nigh, 28, and they drew nigh unto the village, or whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they... But they constrained him, saying, saying, uh, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and brake and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened at that point. Their eyes were opened, underlined. At that point, their eyes were opened, okay? When they broke, broke, broke bread and he, he blessed it, okay, and gave it to them, that's when all of a sudden their eyes were opened. Their eyes were opened. And they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. Okay? So at that point in time, when Jesus broke the bread, prayed over, and they started to eat, Jesus then said, well, he didn't say the words, but he, he let their eyes be open to come to the point that they recognized who he was. Okay? Now, how long do we have to go in our lives before we recognize who Jesus Christ is? Okay? Are your eyes still spiritually closed in terms of who Jesus Christ is? Okay? The non-believers, the unbelievers that are out there, their eyes are spiritually closed. They do not know who Jesus Christ is. And if Jesus Christ was standing right before them, they wouldn't recognize him. Amen? 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 We as his children, Jesus said that my sheep know my voice. Well, do we also recognize him when he's in our midst? When he's in your life, do you recognize the fact that Jesus is there? Okay? By your side, working on your behalf to bring you through whatever difficulty it is that you might be going through, okay? But their eyes were closed, and then at this particular point, he opened their eyes. Verse 32, and they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us scriptures? And they rose up the same hour, returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, okay? Now, interesting in verse 32, for a minute again, go back, and they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures. So while he was, Jesus was, was, was um, rehashing scripture with them and reminding them of what the prophets said and so forth, it said that did not their hearts burn within us. In other words, their spirits were being quickened by what Jesus was talking about. Okay, okay. They were feeling what he was, was saying to them, and, and, and it, it was resonating uh, deep, deep within them, deep within them. Okay, they said one another, did not our heart burn within us while he was talking with us by the wayside? Okay, when Jesus speaks to you, does your heart burn within you? 
Okay, is there an anointing rising up? Do you feel Holy Spirit in you just, just rising up and just telling you that, that what Jesus is saying to you, is speaking to you, is indeed spot on and that it's true? Okay, right, right. When you hear the word of God, when you hear word of, of Jesus being spoken, when you're reading it, okay, this is God speaking to you through his written word. Does, does it resonate in your spirit? Does your heart burn as they say, as it says here? Okay, already. So you got to stop and think about that because, saint of God, everything that we're reading here is very, very real. These events are real and they really happen. They really happen. So that means if they really happen, that means that your salvation in Jesus Christ is real. Okay, that means that that that, that, that you have you have a place in heaven. Uh, uh, Jesus, Jesus said that I go to prepare a mansion for you. Okay, a place for you because my father has many mansions. Amen. Amen. I'm paraphrasing, of course. All right, but Jesus is preparing a place for you into eternity do you believe that okay this the, the, do you believe the reality of this resurrection and do you believe the reality of your salvation that's the question for today amen do you believe that okay and it says in verse 33 and they rose up the same hour returned to jerusalem and found uh and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them saying the lord is risen indeed and has appeared to simon and they told they uh, they told what things were done in the in the way and how he was known of them in the breaking of bread, and as they spoke, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. So while they're sharing what happened to them on the road and how Jesus was there and they ate with him and so forth and didn't know who he was, and then all of a sudden, boom, they realized that it was Jesus Christ. Okay, he said, Well, then all of a sudden, while he's telling them, Jesus appeared in the midst of them. Verse thirty-seven. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen the spirit. And he said unto them, why are you troubled? Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet. Behold my hands and my feet. That it is I myself. Handle me or touch me. Handle me and see. For a spirit has not flesh and bones as you see me here. Okay? As you see me have. All right? So Jesus said, touch me, touch me. A spirit doesn't have flesh and bones as you see that I have. Okay? And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have you here any meat? Okay? Now here he appeared out of, in, amongst them, out of nowhere. Okay? And they're scratching their heads. Then he says, Touch me, feel me. Feel, you know, I have flesh and I have blood, so I'm not a spirit. Okay? Then he says, I'm hungry. Have you any meat? Okay? Okay? Have you any meat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and a honeycomb. And he took it and he did eat right before them. Okay? So Jesus had an appetite and he was able to consume physical food. Yet still he had a body that allowed him to appear right in their midst. Okay? This is a new glorified body. Yet still he had hunger or he was able to eat. And he demonstrated. He had them touch him. He was a physical three-dimensional being. Yet still, he was on that cross. They saw him die. They, they heard him cry out, Father, to you I commit my spirit. They heard him cry out. They gave up the ghost. He died. He was put in that tomb. When they went to the tomb, he wasn't there. But he wasn't a spirit. He was flesh and blood. Okay? Okay? So then he says here in verse 44, and he said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was with you, that all things must be fulfilled, 
Jesus said, all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Okay. So Jesus said, everything that you read in the Psalms and in Moses, the book of the Moses and all the prophets concerning me, I have fulfilled it. Okay. So these are the things that we read about in the Old Testament. The things that we Current times in 21st century, when we are, we, we are reading the Bible and you go to the Old Testament and you see the prophecies that talk about Messiah coming and everything else, it, it, you know, it, it outlines how he was going to be crucified and so on. And, and everything that was spoken, Jesus said, I have fulfilled. That's why he cried on the cross. It is finished. Okay. No, it's like, it's like he was on the cross and he did a, a, a spiritual or mental checklist. God, the father gave me a checklist of things to do. Done, done, done. Check, 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 done. It is finished. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Which should resonate in your ears because that means that what needed to be done for you into eternity, it is finished. It is done. You have a place in eternity. You have salvation if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have a place where you will, you will, will spend all of time, all of eternity with God the Father, just worshiping and praising him. Amen. Amen. All and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. As I was with you, while I was with you, that all things must be fulfilled. And it was. Okay? Okay? 40, uh, verse 45. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name, in his name, in his name, among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, all right? Repentance and remission of sins should be preached in Jesus' name, among not anyone else, okay? You can think of a bunch of other names and so forth, and that will not, not bring you remission of sins, okay? There's no man that can, that can bring you remission of sins, okay? There's no one that you can go into a little box and say, and say, quote, unquote, Father, I have sinned, you know, please forgive me, and then he tells you to go out and, you know, do 45, whatever, this and that, bend on your knees and back out the door backwards or whatever. That, that, that is not going to bring you remission of sins. Jesus Christ is the only one, okay, that can remit our sins. The only one, okay? No one else in history, no other historic names. You can think of a few. None of those historic names can, can bring remission of sins, all right? And then it says in 48, and you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise, uh, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry you in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Now, of course, here he's talking about Holy Spirit. Okay, so 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 another part of the process was Jesus had to had to to, to go to the cross. He had to be resurrected. Had to return to the Father. Then he could send send uh, power from on high. Okay, Holy Spirit couldn't be given while he was here on earth. Okay, okay. Back in Old Testament times, Holy Spirit was not available to everyone. Holy Spirit was poured out upon, upon the, the, a select few as God so willed. And that's where we hear the prophets where they said so-and-so, and thus saith the Lord, you know. And, and, and it says, and the Spirit of God fell upon him, and he started speaking to the congregation. It was by, it was by selection, by a, a very selective choosing of God at specific times when he would speak to men. But now Jesus is saying, when I return to the Father, go and tarry in Jerusalem, where you shall be endued with power from on high. Verse number 50 says, and he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and, and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, praising and blessing, and blessing God. Amen.
Amen? So this is what it's saying here. This is, a, is the reality. He appeared to them. He appeared to them, okay? And then if you go, now he told them to go to Jerusalem, and then you go to Acts, of, um, Acts 1. Go to Acts 1, and we want to start with verse number 1. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, and all that Jesus began both to do and teach, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So please underline or put a bracket around all of verse number three. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, after his time on the cross, by many infallible proofs, infallible proofs, infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days, 40 days, he was seen walking around. He was seen, okay, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So he was still preaching. <laughs> he was still preaching. 40 days he's walking around after his death and resurrection. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. So he's saying, be cool, just stand there, because you're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Okay? When they therefore, uh, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. It's not for you to know the power, know the time or the season, okay, which the Father has put in his own power. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, uh, and, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, uh, when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and the cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, which stand you, uh, why stand you gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner, shall so come in like manner, as you have seen him go into heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room, where both, both Peter and James and John and, and Andrew and Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zealots, uh, and the brother, and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Okay? And so we know from there, while they were, were, were there waiting. And then and we see that in Acts, and we won't go there right now. You know what happened in Acts chapter 2 there, uh, in the upper room there. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, as Jesus promised. came on them like as a tongue of fire, and they started speaking in tongues and so forth. So we know Jesus' promise was fulfilled in the upper room. Okay? But then again, now, you know, again, looking at the reality of the resurrection, the fact that we see here by documented proof in the word of God that Jesus was indeed seen 
40 days at least seen, it was seen, okay, and, and it also says that that, uh, um, uh, that, that while he walked in, sp in speaking to people, that there were many infallible proofs, the body said, infallible proofs, not fallible, but infallible, things that cannot be denied, okay, that Jesus was very much, very much alive and walking around after the resurrection. Do you believe the reality of these events? Do you believe the reality of your salvation? Do you believe the reality of who you are in Christ Jesus? That's the important thing on this wonderful, beautiful Resurrection Sunday. Amen? Amen? And then in closing here, let's go to 1 Corinthians. First book of Corinthians, and we want to go to uh, chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. And starting with verse number, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 15, 51. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51. Okay, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, in the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, incorruptible, and we shall be changed, okay, okay? For this, in, this, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, for this mortal must put on immortality, okay? And where it talks about, about corruption, corruption is referring to decay in this case, okay? It's things that, things that, that wind up decaying, dying, and just rotting, and, you know, it, it's corrupting. Okay, okay. Something that is not corrupting is, is, is something that you have, I don't know, a piece of iron, a piece of steel or whatever that has not broken down, you know, it's, it's strong and so on like that. You know, even steel, of course, and iron can be corrupted because eventually it rusts and so on. But, but something that is corrupting in Scripture is talking about something that is decaying, decaying uh, 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 breaking away, dying, and so forth like that. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. So therefore, incorruption is something that cannot decay cannot die, cannot be broken down, okay, cannot be changed, it, it, it stays the same way it is. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So our mortal bodies need to put on immortal bodies, okay. So when this corruptible shall be put on, shall put on incorruption, okay, when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, then, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Okay? Death is swallowed up. Okay? So when we get the incorruptible bodies, or those bodies that cannot be, be, be changed, cannot be, be rotted, cannot be dying away, okay, then we have put on immortality. And by that happening, it shall be said, it shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, thanks be to God, thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to read that again. I'm going to read that again. Okay. Therefore, my beloved brethren, that's you I'm talking to you. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, stand strong, be stand. You just stand, stand fast, no matter what's going on in your life. In the name of Jesus, you stand still and be, be unmovable. 
Okay, always abounding in the work of the Lord, doing what God is calling you to do. Amen. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Amen. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Amen. So whatever you're doing in God, you are not doing it in vain. Praise the living God. You just stand fast and be true to what Holy Spirit is telling you to do. And you understand without a shadow of a doubt that God is who he says he is, that God purposed and put the whole plan together for your salvation, sending Jesus to the cross, raising Jesus on that third victorious day and sending Holy Spirit to you to give you the, the power and the strength to do what God is calling you to do in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. So make no mistake, saints of God, make no mistake that the resurrection is indeed real. Understand and, 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 and embrace the reality of the resurrection, okay? Understand and embrace the reality of your salvation in the name of Jesus, amen? Go forth this day and be blessed. Go forth this day and be blessed. This is Resurrection Sunday. Celebrate it. Enjoy it. And, you know, and reflect on who you are in Christ Jesus. Reflect on the freedom that you have in the salvation of God, of Jesus, given to us by Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And, and enjoy who you are in Christ Jesus. Don't forget the reality of the resurrection. Amen. Amen. I pray this message has been a blessing to you. And if it has, why don't you share the link to this podcast here at uh, www.genesis1, one word, genesis1.sermon.net, okay, genesis1.sermon.net, share it with a loved one, a family member, a friend, or even share it with somebody who's maybe giving you a hard time in life so that they too can come to, to know Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It's not God's will that any on this earth should perish, amen, amen, so God wants to bring all to him in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So go forth and be blessed. And before we pray, let's, uh, before we close, let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for these words that we've heard today, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that every single listener, oh Lord God, this day will keep these words deeply rooted within their spirit so that they cannot be stolen away should the evil one try to come against them to bring trials and tribulations. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you so much, oh Lord God, and I pray that you continue to move in the hearts of these listeners, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Bless them and touch them, oh Lord, in your own special way, oh Lord God. Again, Lord, I give it to you give it to you. I give it all to you for your honor and your glory and your praise in the master's name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Praise God. Go forth and be blessed. Okay. And always remember that Jesus is Lord.